Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Hello, a very warm hello to our listeners. Uh, I'm sitting here with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, two of my colleagues from Tabana Organization. Yesterday, we had a very heavy conversation about uh, LGBTQ+. And today, we decided to continue our conversation um, regarding the change of identity because uh, some of the transgender, as we know, they go through hormone therapy, they go through change of the physical appearance that they have. Um, and we have probably seen clips of some of the transgender uh, people that they have changed their physical appearance and um, they look completely, completely like a woman and you would never even think that they ever were different than a woman or the opposite, which I have seen less of the opposite. So um, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, today we're going to talk about change of identity. And that's a big umbrella, not only on transgender, but actually it covers so many things. Uh, as an example, change of our names. Uh, and this is also another conversation we, we can have, especially we know that uh, here women, when they get married, they usually change their name to their uh, husband's name. And I like to know how does that feel even, because in our community, in our culture, women keep their name, um, but socially they may know as uh, their husband's last name, especially when they take the kids to school, they enroll them. They're always called in society and in communities by their husband's last name, but they may have not changed their last name in their documents. And this is co co very common in our culture, in Persian culture. But um, this, these are all the things that we can talk about because in different cultures, some culture I know that they keep their maiden name um, the, as their middle name. So there are so many different ways of even name identity that we can talk about. Yeah, it's uh, identity. I mean, in just thinking about identity, I just uh, I'm thinking like, let me introduce myself in the sense of all of my names. So my name is Alejandro Luna Andrade Jr. I grew up going by Alex Andrade. And whenever I write my name, it's Alex L. Andrade Jr. Um, I'm known to my nieces and uncles, uh, my, my nieces and nephews as Uncle Jay. Um, a lot of my nephews uh, and nieces don't even know my name is Alex. It's funny, they're just like, who's Alex? And it's just like, no, it's Uncle Jay. Uncle Jay is Alex. And so, um, and to my mom, for some reason, my mom's always called me Jay and she even spells it J-A-Y, where I'm a junior, but she spells it J-A-Y. Um, you know, and a lot of my friends, you know, who I'm really close to will call me Jay or junior, but most people, I kind of prefer them if I don't know them or they're not related to me to call me Alex. Um, and so, cause I, I feel like you guys, like if you guys were to start calling me Jay or junior, I'd be like, Hey, that's like kind of strange. I mean, you guys have always known me as Alex. Um, and so, yeah, it's like in, uh, in, when I was uh, involved in different organizations, I've always been very particular about how my name is spelled. Um even the L for my middle name uh, and the junior at the end to really emphasize kind of my, um, you know, my, to my family, to my niece. I envisioned my nieces and my nephews seeing my name in written form and be like, oh, that's Uncle Jay. Um, so again, it's one of those things growing up and for a big part of my life, that's been, you know, a huge aspect of kind of trying to, you know, transmit the idea of who I am. And so, yeah, and it's something I think forms uh, for different people in different ways. Um, as we've talked a little bit offline, and I know we'll get to the, even the pronunciation of name um, first and last uh, sometimes. And so uh, definitely something that um, I think really shapes the identity. And even, uh, I, always, I even want to bring up the idea too of like forced nicknames. I don't know if you guys had to deal with that. Has somebody ever tried to give you a nickname where you're like, yeah, don't, don't call me that. And so I, I had somebody try to call me like AJ one time. And I was like, my name's not AJ. Like, where are you getting AJ from? And he's like, oh, it sounds cool. And it's like, no, like you can't give me a nickname. And I think that's one of the times when we feel this sense of, you know, our identity you know, it's not something that, you know, we want people to dictate sometimes. It's something that we want to say, and it says so much about us too. So no, I think it's a, a, a very interesting topic, definitely. 
I'm glad uh, Mr. Tahiri, who is the technical head of department in uh, Radio Bomb, that hears you, Alex, because I know you complained once about your name not being fully <laughs> correct uh, on Radio Bomb. So I'm glad I have to actually mention that for sure, that this is the reason you want to change. And I will talk to him uh, and I hope he's listening now. Well, what was the problem? Did he call you Jay or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, a lot of times no, people leave out the, the L and they leave off the junior. And again, it's, for me, it's just, you know, for my family to know kind of who I am. And again, I'll, I'll talk about it more later, but it's this the merging of identities of my professional identity and my personal identity. And it's something that I've even, uh, you know, had to kind of come to terms with and, and kind of, you know, talk out uh, at some times and, and really kind of merging those different roles, those different aspects of who I am. Um, you know, and, and Daniel, I've known you for so long. I think it's one of those things where I, I'd be interested in your take, even on my merging of those identities, where I feel like you've always treated me like, you know, consistently as far as like just, you know, one unit. But for others who haven't known me in the professional sense or in the personal sense, what it must be like to merge some of those things. And yeah, I think it's something that a lot of individuals experience, uh, whether it's, you know, name or how it's pronounced or um, even like titles, uh, you know, being called doctors, kind of a weird thing still for me. Um, definitely comfortable with it now, but um, yeah, all those aspects of kind of who we are. But what's your question though? I mean, I, I do, I see you pretty much as how I saw you before. You're, you're Dr. Andrade now, which is very cool. <laughs> um, I don't see you as, as different except in the growth sense yeah like, yeah is it yes yeah, it's just the the idea yeah of even like how how do you how does it how do those things get incorporated you know our sense of identity those new roles that we take on how do they get incorporated into the image of somebody uh, how somebody sees us even you know what they they call us even sometimes and so yeah and i think you're a very curious person daniel so i think it's one of those things where you're always like oh like you'll you'll take that in you'll integrate that where i think a lot of times people are like oh wait what hold on that's your other well why are you going by that name no no, no i know you're this like don't don't try to change it you know and so uh yeah i feel like most people are are very like wait no like that's that's too much or that's more information what do i do with that yeah, I think that is right. It speaks something about the person on the other side. Mm -hmm. What, how, how are they able to take in new information or integrate? There? I think Daniel, you're one of the very, very first one. I have to admit, after being in this country for more than um, where I was raised, uh, twice as much years that I was raised, I was living here. You were one of the very, very first people who learned how to pronounce my name and you pronounced it correctly. And I never forget that that impression that you put on me was amazing because you could immediately say it and you tried to say it correctly and you did. So I want to praise you on that. I'm serious because that was amazing to see someone who you meet for the first time and says your name correctly and tries to repeat it so that he gets it. So I want to say that and I want all uh, our listeners to know how I, I think it's partly because you're curious in question as Alex said. It's so important to be open to this. You want to learn. I think you are a learner and I, I think that's a big thing because uh, it's not that easy to be in that situation to try to learn something, especially the names and pronunciation. Because like, I remember uh, some of the Russians that I was dealing with, sometimes pronouncing just one sound, uh, it makes a huge difference and it's hard to do it, but you have to practice. And that's, that's another piece too. You know, I think I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm not like Daniel, I <laughs> fail horribly. And, you know, as, as Saide Malakavzali will tell you, I've had to ask her numerous times <laughs> to like, can you tell me again? Like, I'm sorry. And I, I think it's one of those things where I, I've learned like, just bite the bullet, just, be, you know, say, I don't know, say, I'm sorry, say, you know, I, I even at one point too, hopefully it's okay to share this. I even asked, her, I was like, can you send me an audio recording of you saying your name? 
just so I can practice it. And, and, and again, it might sound ridiculous, but it's like, I was like, I need to learn this. I want to learn this. So I, it doesn't come as, uh, as natural for me as it does for you, Daniel. But again, I think, you know, with that continued effort for some people, you know, you can learn not just the pronunciation, but even the, the meaning and the importance. And I think it but goes again to the identity. That's why I was like, I need to learn this. I want to learn this. But I also have to say, Alex, uh, you know, not that to make you feel better, but honestly, no, you did really good because after a short time, all this happened. And, um, you know, I guess uh, Dr. Rockers is more exposed to different languages. And I think the cultures he lived in um, a campus, I believe that uh, he was trying to learn Russian within a summertime. It was a, you know what I mean? It's just, or uh, learning in German, as I know now, when you start learning different languages that happen. So don't, I never took it in a different way, Alex, and I never had anything against you, but I'm well, just feel, seeing how things yeah. uh, evolved in uh, meeting you guys, yeah. my name and everything. I feel like a lot of times the, the introductory period where somebody, even somebody like first name, and even if it's just like, you know, a common name, people are like, Oh, hi, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. And I'll forget because it's like, it's so quick. And then like, and I've seen Dan do this and it's a great trick. You repeat the person's name right there in the, uh, you know, Dan, you said, Dan, nice to meet you, Dan. And you say it several times and you kind of get it. Uh, and so it's one of those things where it's like that first couple of minutes. And I was like, oh my God, what was their name? Like, I don't even remember what their name was. Like that whole beginning part kind of, uh, you know, then it's like, okay, can I ask how to pronounce your name 20 minutes later after we've been talking and you've told me about your family and your kids and all this other stuff like that, that awkwardness of being like, you know what, I'm sorry, like, I, can you say that one more time? I want to make sure I get it right. Just to, to kind of jump in with that. So Alex, with that, I know that uh, Dan wants to say something, but I just want to say <laughs> that's, that's how he puts us into talking. He always asks questions. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was this, actually, yeah, here's a good question you ask when you meet people. And this comes from that radio show, Car Talk, where when they get listeners call, they have listeners call in, and when they say their name, they say, oh, well, is that Anne with an E or with not an E? They ask a question about how to spell the name or how it's related to something. They, they do something which draws their own awareness onto the name. It connects with the person but it brings it right into their mind as well. Because if you spend a little bit of time, in a sense, laboring over somebody's name or how they spell it or something about it, then you're going to remember it better. And people do that too. People like having their name talked about. That's what I was just going to say. I think there are some, I think I heard somewhere like people like to hear their name. And so if you're saying their name a couple of times, you could already, th that can add to that connection and building that relationship. If I'm like, oh, side A, oh, side A, oh, side A. And then you're like, oh yeah, I really like him. It's like, well, it's because I said your name seven times. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's probably from a lot of places, but one place I know it is, is the Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends. And, oh. and he says in there, he says, that is like music to people's ears. And I, it is. That's why I said earlier, before we started the program, if somebody gets your name wrong, it's a little painful. It kind of hurts. It's like, ah, that, wait, that's not me. Uh, well, if you were in my place, coming to completely a different culture and different, yeah, tell us about the experience. How did it you feel? start to really become a, a very tough skin regarding the name? At first, it hurts, or you're sensitive. I remember when I was in doctor's office, and a bunch of people are sitting. I walk in. Normally, you don't look different. But when you're sitting, they call, they, they're trying to call your name. They just have that paper and they're struggling to say your name. And I just, my heart just started to be like, oh my gosh, they probably can't pronounce my name. Can I raise my hand and say, probably it's me. And a lot of times I did that. I just said, maybe you're trying to call me and go, what is your name? And I go, Saide Malik Afzali. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in, come in. <laughs> or when I was taking courses in college um, or in high school. In high school, 
Um, but the kids pick up very fast. So the kids in high school, I had less issues pronouncing my name and uh, knowing how to say my last name. And it, it was so interesting to them. They, they would always ask me, how do you say your name? What does it mean? How do you write it? And Actually, there was their challenge. They would even go home and talk to their family. Oh, we have a foreign student that her name is this and that. And then when I was sometimes meeting the family, they would say, oh, Mary came home and said about you that you, I was the only foreign person in the high school. And so, you know, I was known by the foreign student and everybody, you know, was curious to know about me. They asked about my culture. They asked about who I am. Um, it was interesting, but also at that age, I was always thinking, gosh, how different I am. You know, they, um, I know we got to the time that we need to give a break and come back. I think there's so much to talk about name and identity and we started with change of uh, identity as a transgender but we ended up with just the beginning part which is the name something very um, important in in everybody's life so we come back and we continue to talk about our conversation regarding the identity uh, i want to say a few words in farsi for our uh, listeners شنوندگان عزیز اگر صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنویم من امروز با دو تا از همکارام دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی هستیم در رادیو بامداد و در مورد اسامی و هویت اسمی صحبت میکنیم و همطور هویت جنسی که دیروز هم صحبت زیادی کردیم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we are continuing our conversation regarding the identity. All right. So Dr. Rockers, you were just uh, talking and then we got to the break. So do you want to continue your conversation? Do I want to, should I keep going? Yes, please. They, well, it was something you said right at the end that I was going to go with. I remember what it was. Something about somebody getting your, oh, I know what it was. It's this. You make that interesting point about the difference between people getting your name right as children and people as adults having a hard time. And this is the idea that comes from that saying, you can't teach an old dog new. In other words, what it really, it doesn't mean old people can't get things. What it does mean is that as we age, our thought processes tend to get rigid. And a lot of times, People do not know how to think different. I saw this in my work, a pain clinic, when we did, I think I mentioned this before, doing memory training and asking people to chain images together, like cartoon-like images, in order to remember listening. And a lot of the people could not do that work. They could not imagine. And a lot of times I heard them say, oh, well, that never would happen in real life, as if, therefore, I can't make that a crazy chain. And that is what happens. It also, I saw it happen also in the putting study where they weren't aware of what. So when you have those two things, my thoughts become rigid and I don't have an awareness that my thoughts have become rigid. That's pretty hard to change. So I think that all that adds to, as people get older, they probably do have a hard time with, I've seen it too. Many people have a hard time with foreign language names, but I think there's also another ability that, that it's different in different people. I think you are right. I wonder that that kind of brings the thought to my mind. I wonder if that, as we've talked before, the idea of like 
things being on a continuum and dichotomy and kind of like things being good or bad or right or wrong. I wonder if that also plays into, or I wonder, I should say how that plays into if we're not able to say somebody's name or we struggle to say somebody's name, does that mean that people lean towards not liking that person or kind of having an averse kind of reaction to them? Because it's like, they're, they're different. They're different. So it's like, it's too hard. And so because it's too hard or it's too challenging, if we're not open in that way, we can just basically stereotype and just be like, oh, that person, you know, there's, there's something wrong with them. I don't like them. They just seem off. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's easier. Almost what you're describing, Daniel, it's like, it's easier to dismiss, not just even the pronunciation of the person's name, but even the whole person in that way versus really kind of trying to be open. Yeah, because you, you don't remember to call them. You don't remember to, con- yeah. so that's why you don't connect. You don't, yeah. you know, so that's true. But personally, it never affected me. I, I think other issues are important too. Like, for example, the interest they show in asking you questions and talking to you, the impression you get is not just the name. But obviously, it shows that they're interested in you. They pronounce it. They ask you questions. Usually, it comes together. So you don't see someone who just passes by you, doesn't want even to, you know, repeat your name. Or, uh, but usually, it comes together. So you start talking. You start asking questions. And that comes together. But for me, it never made me feel that, oh, that person didn't like me, passed by me, didn't repeat my name or pronounce my name. I never felt that because I think in your emotions and in your, um, you know, conversation or even passing by, you show that, you know, you kind of like this person or you don't. So it's not just pronunciation, the name, at least it didn't happen. But I have the stories after stories about this, my name here, and uh, the reaction of people in a negative way, or people who wanted to learn more about you. So it just tells about other person, as you said, Daniel, you know, a lot that, you know, um, some people actually don't like you, but just knowing you're different, you have a different name, or uh, knowing you come from that part of the world that they don't probably like it. There's stereotyped issues in their mind that they just feel like, you know, you're part of that area that they don't like it. I mean, there's so many things, nobody opens up to you, but you have all these perceptions from other people by their behavior, you know, Uh, Some people, as soon as they know you're from that part of the world, they say something kind of like, you know, not exactly like humiliating, but something that is not relevant or it just makes you question, why did they even say that? You know, is it because they don't like, you know, people from that area? Is it because they don't like, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just so much to talk about this. And as you said, it's so much about other people, how they perceive, how they react, how they, you know, see I you. Think also, it comes to a fundamental need that most of us have, which is we have a need to be regarded, acknowledged, to be appreciated, to be seen. I yeah. think no matter how we of all the many groups we fit ourselves into, whether it's where we were born or the language we speak or the color of our hair or the color of our skin or the color of our eyes or sexual orientation, of all of those things, we still have a need. Every one of us has a need to be recognized, regarded, acknowledged, celebrated, even celebrated. Absolutely. So now think about the gender identity that we talked about. Imagine all these people are like any other humans that they wanted to be loved, they wanted to be wanted, they wanted to be celebrated. And look how they're treated mostly in the society. Um, I have to tell you a story about um, uh, something that just recently happened. I was I had a bunion surgery, I went to uh, the doctor and 
all that section, the orthopedic section, they're all Persian doctors. It was very interesting. Someone who's a specialist in, in uh, uh, hand uh, and arm surgery, someone is a specialist in food, someone is a specialist in knee. They all are a bunch of uh, Persian Iranian doctors there. So after my surgery and after two weeks when I went to open the bandage and um, the uh, stitches and all that, they sent me to work with um, the physical therapist. So the physical therapist said, how do you pronounce your name? I said, my name is Saide, but to make it easy, it's like side A, not side B. And, I, and then he goes, uh, you know, the, women, the wives of these doctors that I work with often come here and their ending of their names is usually like yours. And he started questioning. And I was just, as we were doing the physical, that he was working with me, he was asking question. I said, yes, because some of our names has Arabic background and it's a female and male, like Saeed is the um, masculine name and Saideh is feminine. So the E at the end is, so I started talking about that. And then he goes, oh my gosh, all these years I was seeing their wives and their Persian wives, they're married to Persians, and I could never pronounce their names. And I was always wondering how I pronounce it. I said, okay, from now on, you hear Haide, so say Haide, a, uh, you hear <laughs> Farideh, just remember Farid A. And he goes, oh my God, you taught me something and I'm so excited and happy. And next time I see them, I can pronounce their names. And I told him, I said, well, I'm a teacher. I have to always <laughs> teach people how to pronounce something or how to do. So he was so excited and happy that he opened up this conversation about my name. And then he learned something that he's going to learn forever. You know, that's that's like in the Spanish language, the A and the O. Um, like my like I said, my legal name is Alejandro with an O at the end. And there are girls or women who go by the name Alejandra. And so it's one of those things when I was growing up in school, um, I would sometimes teachers uh, would mispronounce my name as Alejandra, which I didn't understand. Like, how could they not, you know, I think it would just see the beginning of the name and then just jump and conclude, uh, you know, uh, what that maybe would be. And so it's just like, okay, Alejandra versus Alejandro. Um, this also brings up, I share this uh, two parts. Uh, one, because it also brings up the idea too, I've kind of changed my name, uh, not legally, of course, but um, I go by Alex and I've gone by Alex uh, kind of for that reason. I, as a young kid, you know, nobody said, oh, go by Alex. It's, uh, you know, directly, nobody uh, immediately said, go by Alex, it's easier. But it was something I learned at an early age, <clears throat> you know, Alex is easier in that way. And so I've had to, um, or, or so one of the things I did is I shift it, you know, and, and there are problems with that because in the sense that I've lost a little bit of my culture in that way of, you know, changing my name from Alex to Alejandro. Um, also, you know, uh, as, as I was looking for jobs as a teenager, I remember my, uh, my stepdad told me, you know, because of, you know, race and culture and, and, you know, racism and things like that, you know, he said, and I remember this very vividly, if you want to get a job, it's probably better to go by Alex because people are going to see Alejandro and Drati and they're going to think this Mexican kid and maybe almost automatically exclude you where my last name and a lot of times people think I'm Italian. He was saying, you know, they may give you a chance just based on if your name is Alex and versus Alejandro and And I remember at a young age kind of being told that, and, you know, uh, it, it kind of went with already this message that I had that in order to be successful or to be uh, accepted, I had to kind of change a part of my identity. And I'd love to hear both of your guys' take on what, it, what, it, what do you think that that idea of having to assimilate or acculturate or change one's identity in order to fit in? What do you think of that in general? What do you think the impact of something like that? Alex, have? that exact same thing happened to me when I was mm -hmm. becoming a teacher. I had mm -hmm. three master teachers that mm -hmm. I was working with. 
the one that was the main master teacher, I was mostly running his classrooms, you know, for six months, if you want to become a teacher, after you pass all your tests, you get your certificate, you still have to go through uh, at least six months, half a year of training and become a student teacher until you become a teacher. So you go through complete training. They leave the classroom to you and all of that. So when you get close to the end, you start applying for teaching job. So I was conversing with the, my master teacher, who was the main master teacher, and I said, now I'm applying for my job. He goes, Saida, I really like you, and I want you to be successful. You need to change your name if you want to get a job. So go by at least Zali like end of your name. And um, it is because they can pronounce it easier when they look at your application. Um, and then um, your first name, you can go Saida, maybe D, Saida, D, D, Azali. Um, so I started thinking, and then it was just so heavy on me. I started thinking, now then I'm going to be, my name is going to be changed forever because that's my profession. They're going to know me by Miss Zally. People are going to call me D now in the professions uh, where I work. And I started thinking and thinking. And then finally I said, I can't do that. I really can't. I, it is me. And if I know some people do that, Alex, especially in our community, many people have done that. I have close friends that their name is changed to something else so that, um, you know, it, people pronounce it easier. I couldn't do it. And it's so interesting. After uh, I had three job offers uh, with the same name and everything, and actually people who are open, they want you in their community because they believe in diversity and stuff. So anyways, I got hired immediately. I picked one of the three job offers that I had, and I was always happy I didn't do that because it wasn't, people are different. Some people easily maybe do that, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And it was interesting. Along the way, I um, actually became a trainer of trainer in one of the certificates that teachers had to get. And I was traveling all over California to teach teachers to get this certificate. And one of the, the, we had a set curriculum and the first part of the curriculum was the names and the identity of a students. And one of the things in that particular section was how important it is to tell the kids in school that your name is important, you pronounce it, you try to learn their names the way it is, you ask them questions about the background, the history of their name, ask them to go home and interview their parents to come back and talk about their names, have a presentation about their names. And it was so interesting, that section of actually the training I was giving, and I was always sharing with teachers that what happened to me and how important it is so you understand kids who come from all over the world, the, there's a value to their name. It's the whole history background and the parents uh, probably for a reason they gave that name. So that being said, the first um, boss I had I was once sharing that when I go to dry cleaning, when I go to doctor's office, and, and she said, listen, I've been all over the world. You need to pick a name for ordering food, going to dry clinic. That is simple because who cares? You're not that person. <laughs> but when your documents obviously is that. So I learned that. So now when I go to order food or you know, dry cleaning or places that they just know you by that and you just do this, the job and you come back, so who cares? But when it's your identity and this is who you are, it's hard, at least for me. No, definitely. We got to another break. I, I think we didn't let even Dr. Rockers to say a word. You and I had so much to share. <laughs> <laughs> He'll jump in. He's not scared. 
Alright, so شنوندگان عزیز اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من و همکارانم دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکر در خدمتون هستیم و اگر کسانی هستن که ترجیح میدن به زبان انگلیسی برنامه های روانشناسی رو گوش بدن ازشون دعوت کنین روزای شنبه و یه شنبه به برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی گوش بدن برمیگردیم و در خدمتون هستیم We're back with Dr. Andrade and Dr. Rockers, and we are continuing our conversation about identity, the names, and change of identity. All right, Dr. Rockers, it's your turn now. Well, I'm on the spot here. That's cool. I've got, I'm, fortunately, I'm ready to go here. So we've heard from you, Saide Markov Sali, and you, Alex Andrade, or Alejandro Andrade. And different stories, right? Saide, you said you did not change your name. And Alex, you said you did change your name. And I think that it's important to recognize, hey, both are both are good ways to do it. But we want to make a decision. I think it's important to make a decision. The decision can be, well, what fight do you want to fight? Because we can fight the battle inside, which I think happens with what does it feel like to have lost a piece of my identity? Or I can fight that battle outside, like trying to get people to say my name right and and deal with possible discrimination because of people don't like what. So I think that's an important part. Alex, you asked a question about what do what do we think the impact of changing one's name? I think in some way there is a I think it's a psychological impact of a little bit of loss of one's entity in that way. And I don't think it has to mean permanent loss of identity, but it's a loss of some part of that in our life at that point, whatever that might be. And I don't know it would be, but I think there is a little bit of a loss in that way. I've changed my name a couple different times, not really s- severely, but I can remember when I was first in school, I went by Danny. And then that felt like that was for little kids. So somewhere, third grade, fourth grade, I decided to go by Dan. And then in my 20s, I was dating a woman. We talked and I said, yeah, I think I'm interested. And I changed my name so a couple different times in that way. Again, not quite as big as what you guys are talking about. For myself, I didn't feel feel like it was a big loss. I guess for myself, I felt like I was moving on to Yeah, it sounds like developmentally, there was like a maturity with it. Yeah. And, and I hear that sometimes. It's I have a brother named Richard, and he went by Richie when he was a kid. And then he went by Rich. But then uh, he goes by kind of like Richard um, within more formal settings and like with his like, you know, uh, work at work. And so, yeah, I, I've kind of seen that kind of progression in that way. And so, yeah, th- that would probably, I'd imagine, feel you know, kind of empowering in that way too, because you're making a decision. Yeah, you're you're choosing it. What about for you? I mean, was that, did you feel like, I would guess there, what happens if somebody tells us this inside day, it sounds like you had it also, is that somebody saying, hey, better be careful. You've got something you, that other people may look down on. And if we're not real careful, we'll develop a sense of shame about that. Yeah. And I think it's on multiple levels for me, not to get uh, too personal, but one, uh, it's uh, my name. I'm a junior and I'm named after my father, who my biological father, who I don't have a relationship with. So there's been that struggle with having the name of person who you don't have a relationship with. Uh, But then also, too, uh, you know, I think it happened at such a young age of going by Alex uh, that it for me was very kind of like normalized, like everybody knew me as Alex, uh, you know, at school and things like that. So it was almost, um, you know, just 
it was kind of natural in that way. And then also too, interestingly, I've, I've always had that split of like Alex and junior. And so at home, I've always been called junior. Uh, and so it's one of those things where I, I was kind of used to that like being called multiple names, I think at an early age. Um, but then as I, you know, progressed and grew up uh, actually in grad school, I actually thought for a while of going by Alejandro um, just because all my legal documents would say that. And I wanted my degree to say that um, And there's a cultural aspect of it too. I wanted it them. I, I was, the, the idea was like, I was like, whenever somebody reads an article I wrote or, you know, something I've accomplished, I want them to know a Mexican did it. And so, uh, you know, Mexican American. So there was that part of me, that cultural pride that was kind of coming through. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely been a journey in that way where I don't think it, I think if it happened a, a little bit later, as far as me having to decide, it would have maybe a, a stronger negative impact on me. Um, but it is something that I've struggled with at different points in my life as far as like how I identify myself, what do I call myself? I think a great uh, funny story about it, uh, when, I, when I started working uh, at a, a FQHC, a federally qualified health center here in Sacramento, I, uh, one of my aunts actually worked at the same clinic as me. And so it was funny because one day she was like, what do I call you? Because she, she always called me junior and then she like would call me Alex but then she also was like, but I should call you Dr. Andrade too. So I, I said, okay, listen, when it's just me and you talking, you can call me junior. When we're around other colleagues and other work associates, you can call me Alex. But when we're in front of patients, call me Dr. Andrade. And she was like, okay, you got too many rules with your name. Like, you're just getting too complicated. And so, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, all these different aspects of kind of who I am and, and my identity in that way. But yeah, I, I feel like now, especially, uh, you know, I feel like in my you know, early kind of 20s. And then as I was becoming a doctor is when those kind of uh, those, the struggles kind of came a little bit more to the forefront. But uh, yeah, you know, now I'm pretty comfortable with being Alex. I don't think I'd go back to Alejandro. I don't think I can't see being called Alejandro regularly. It's just not uh, going back to the idea of identity. It's, it's not who I am. Um, it's a part of me. It's all my legal stuff that I got to make sure of, you know, that's that stuff is taken care of, uh, you know, like DMV and all that, but it isn't me who I am. Like, you know, if you guys started calling me Alejandro, I'd be like, okay, like, thanks. But yeah, the, call me Alex. Like, that's how you know me. That's who I am to you. So it's kind of how I even, you know, identify myself. I don't think I've ever called myself in my head. Oh, Hey, Alejandro. It's like, you know, no, no. I call myself Alex or Jay. Well, because all your uh, social life has been Alex, you know, yeah. so you're known by that. Mm -hmm. If anyone doesn't understand what you explain, I do deeply. <laughs> I'm serious. I know exactly, even mentally, even emotionally, what you're talking about. It is so important. And I'm sure our listeners, if they're Persians, if they're Farsi speakers, if they're from that background or from different backgrounds, because I know all over the world, they have a chance to listen to us. They may have different identities. They may have different cultures. But if they have a diverse background, they totally get what Alex and I are talking about, you know. And it's emotional. And I remember when I was told that it's better, you I was very emotional. I was sad to think that I don't want to lose that full last name that I had. If I say part of my last name, I feel like I don't belong to anybody. But when I say my full last name, I belong to my family. I belong to my background. I belong to my uncles, my cousins, everybody that I know that are related to this last name. So now I think about the transgender who are changing their identity, what they go through. We don't have that experience, but I remember at school that I was working, there was a kid who was not doing well um, educationally and um, grade-wise and performance-wise. So I got to start talking to this kid and the mother who, the only person who was associated with this kid. And then um, I remember I started calling her by, um, I mean, when I say her, because her name was uh, Sheila. And when I said, um, Sheila, you need to do this, this. And then she goes, call me Spencer. I'm not Sheila. And right there, I got it. I got that this kid has a different identity. 
So I introduce um, her because of all the other issues beside the educational issues to our psychologists and I was working directly with the psychologist. To make the story short, he, she or he was a ninth grade student. By the time um, he was graduating, he had complete beard, completely different look. And he was going through so much throughout these years. He, he went through hormone therapy. He was actually scheduled to do uh, surgery, but through hormone therapy, he completely was a male looking person um, and low self-esteem, having so many emotional issues. And the mother that sometimes would come to see me separately she was always crying. She was always crying, saying, imagine what I go through. I had a daughter throughout all these years, and now all of a sudden I have a son. Changing this was a huge transfer for her. So I'm just thinking, now we are talking about identity. We're just talking about name and all the emotions and senses that comes to picture Think about someone who's changing their sexual identity, becoming a different, you know, gender. It's just huge for their families, for themselves, for the society they know them. It's it's really huge. Yeah, I think I think identity has always been very huge to me. Even in uh, psychology, there's a, a theoretical orientation called self psychology. And it, it kind of touched on a lot of things, uh, Daniel, you mentioned earlier, the really the core of it is that our sense of self uh, really gets developed because we need to be affirmed, validated, kind of seen in that way. And what that does is it, it, it creates this cohesion in the sense of self and who we are. And what happens is if we have these experiences or things happen kind of negatively in our life, it starts to cause fragmentation or kind of shakes our sense of self and who we are. And I think a lot of times, kind of what you were mentioning earlier, you know, in, in even side A, you were mentioning, if we don't have those things that affirm who we are, even as basic as our name, it starts to create uh, this, this, you know, problems, essentially, you know, we can feel it. I think we've, we've alluded to a couple of times, this feeling inside, you know, whether it's like angst or discomfort or stress. Um, and that's what happens if we don't have those affirming experiences. And a lot of times, you know, we get these affirming experiences developmentally, uh, outwardly, we get people in our lives, our family telling us, you know, who we are, what we are, you know, you're fast, you're funny, you're tall. And, and we start to we incorporate those things into who we are as a person. Um, and then if we have, and those are, if those are positive experiences, we have some negative experiences or, or really uh, stressful experiences, we incorporate those things into who we are. Oh, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're goofy or, you know, we're, we're clumsy, excuse me, or, you know, we, we never do anything right. We take that in too. And, and that becomes this part of who we are and it can have the opposite effect and really hurt us. And so uh, it's something that I've always, uh, uh, from a, uh, early in my academic career, really resonated with me and how important that is. Uh, I think a lot of times it, it really can be a key factor into what, the, the type of psychological issues that individuals develop because it's so essential to feel heard, seen, acknowledged, valued in that way. And it's also a part of how we know ourselves. I'm thinking I've worked a lot, I work a lot with it on the job. And it is really often quite a terrible thing when somebody gets injured and they cannot do the profession that they've been doing for 15 years. Yeah. A loss of identity, how they know themselves. Boy, a lot of other things begin to crumble. The self-doubt that creeps in, the questions that they ask really show a lot of self-recrimination. Think yeah. about it. I always tell people, what happens when you meet somebody for the first time? What are the two things that you exchange? Your name and what you do. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have those things, you know, people mispronouncing your name or you're not sure what to go by, 
and you can't do that profession anymore, who are you? What are those other things that you use to identify you? Or even we can go so far as even to, to transmit value in that way. Because we're saying, oh, I am this. This is who I am. This is what I'm worth. Uh, I mean, I think that's what we do when we say our profession. It's like we're saying what we contribute in some way. So to not have that, I think for, for men and women, I see men struggle with it a lot too. I think it's very stereotypical of this idea of, you know, men having to have a career or a job in that way, um, where it's like, okay, this is what I am. This is who I am. And I see that too. A lot of times when men retire and there's a lot of aspects of why that is, but when men retire, they have a harder time with that too. It's such a core aspect of their, um, identity. So yeah, when they retire or like you're saying, Jenny, when they get hurt, yeah, definitely, uh, uh, has a big impact. Um, at- uh, as a teacher, I had several TAs, uh, teacher assistants or teachers aides, and these teachers were from all over the world, from Russia, from Ukraine, from different parts of either Spain or Mexico, because we had different um, you know, uh, students with different languages. So they usually came to my room to help um, in a small group, help with the small group of students from their culture and their language. And some of these people were college or university professors. And they came to United States with so much knowledge and background. And now they were my TA. And I could understand them 100% because I knew that they couldn't get through all these hoops here to be who they were, because what could they do? They were professor in their language. Um, and then, you know, some people don't have that much ambition or maybe their situations in their life setting is not the way they go through studying, they go through school to get certificate, to do all these hoops that they have to become who they were. Some do, some go through all these challenges, um, but some don't because of their situation or because they feel like, it's not worth it after all these years that I studied and became a professor and I go back and do this. And I was always humble to have them in my classroom with so much knowledge that they could correct me sometimes, you know, but they were there and they were being paid hourly um, with really minimum payment just, be, just because of the situation. There's so many people in different profession that way. You know, I happen to know a lot of them. So I know we got to the end of our program. I know Dr. Rockers didn't get a chance to talk so much today. I apologize for that. <laughs> I guess Dr. Andrade and I, because of our background, took over. So let's just... Uh, do, should, do we have time, Dr. Andrade, for a short break and come back to say our final words? Okay, yeah. we give a short break and we come back to say our final words. All right, we are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. Today we had a conversation about identity in general, and that was sexual identity, 
our self-identity, so many great conversation. We may even continue this conversation because I feel like there's so much still to talk about. So with that, I want to hand it to either Dr. Rockers or Dr. Andrade to say their final words. Hey, how about if I jump in here? Feeling like a little left out, like I didn't get anything. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. And Sorry, I, Danny. Sorry, Danny. Oh, that. All right. Now I'm feeling minimized. <laughs> My identity is suffering here. <laughs> I'm having a, a crisis of identity at this point. Actually, if you say, if you hadn't said anything about me not contributing, I would not have thought that, but contributed. I think the thing I would like to say is your identity is very important. And I would encourage everyone to expand the ways that you yourself learn different things, do different things so that you're not dependent on any one area of your life. We all need to, to grow as we live. And the more we grow and the more ways we can see ourselves, then the less vulnerable is some part of I, I Man, I just got to say, Dan, that was good, honestly. Like, no, I mean, that, that's something I encourage people. It is, we, we need to build ourselves up in that way. I, I totally agree. That uh, Echoing that, uh, I think the other thing I would maybe encourage or add is I've found for myself, the more I move forward, the more I look back. And so what I'd encourage people to, to get a greater understanding of your own identity and your own name, you know, talk with family, talk, look back. What is, what does your name mean? Where did it come from? You know, how did that contribute? And, and also with the idea that how did you make it your own? And like you were saying, Dan, how do you expand upon that? I think it gives us a greater breadth of who we are as well as what we could be in that way. So definitely take a look back. What, you know, why did your parents choose that name? Uh, you know, was there, you know, name changes in your family history? Um, you know, how has that been carried on in that way? You know, learn about it. I feel like you'd learn a, a little bit more about yourself in that process as well. And I want to say, if you're a young person listening to us and you're at the verge of getting to the society, getting a profession, uh, and you have a Persian name, obviously, or whatever name or culture that you have, just listen to us after all these experiences that we had, after what we have gone through and we developed our identity and who we are just to start to feel comfortable with your name, just feel comfortable who you are, be open to who you are, be open to um, who you want to be, and don't let this to hinder who you want to be, who, um, what profession you want to have. And always remember, there is always somebody there. There's, there is always a job waiting for you and somebody would appreciate you with who you are and what you want to do. So don't let this bring you to a point that you need to change your name or identity just because to fit in. I know a lot of people go through that. Listen to us as educators, as people with experience. Um, we have gone through all these hoops to say what we are saying right now, and that is start to feel comfortable and be proud of who you are and say loudly your name with pride because that goes back to history. That goes back to who you are. There's a meaning behind it. There's a history behind it. And with that, I want to say goodbye and, and wish you a wonderful week until we come back next week. تنها باشم تنها بمیرم دیگه از درد و غم آروم بگیرم برم پیدا کنم یه جای خلبت بشینم عشق بریزم تا بیامم برم پیدا کنم یه جای خلبت 
بشینم عشق بریزم تا Yeah. 